Hello, everyone. Welcome to the newest edition on On the Couch with the Dogs Board. And we have another special guest because it's a returning guest. He is a professional stuntman, a professional artist, and an all-around professional nerd. But you all would know him as Mr. Stan Van Pelt or Sensei Pelt or more recently, Master Van Pelt. But I will let him introduce himself the way he would like to. Uh, yeah. Um, Stan, Stan Van Pelt, Spy, uh, Sensei. I'm not a master. I haven't uh, gotten any promotions to that level yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a just a regular old Sensei. Okay, I'm glad you actually said that, Stan. Part of the reason why I said Master Van Pelt is because he has actually opened up his own dojo called North Star Karate. But please explain our listeners about that, because I know everyone would be very interested to hear. Uh, yeah, so me and a student of mine uh, just were ready to spread our wings. And he, he's a first degree black belt. He should be getting a second degree soon. I'm a, I am a second degree, and I should be getting my third degree, or as the people who are really into martial arts, first dine, second dine, third dine. Um, yeah, so we were doing our own thing and, uh, through, through the advisory of our own teacher, we are still affiliated with our school, but we are not using an affiliated name and we're still using, the, we're still teaching what is called Tai Shindo Karate. It means my heart way it is a pretty much an American form of karate derivative of Shotokan and several other martial arts. Um, and we are making our own spin on it and updating it in the way that we feel is uh, more in line with what people want to learn and how people want to learn now. Uh, we actually, right now, we haven't been long, open up long, but we do have one student and that we just did a tournament with them. They took first place in sparring, first place in uh I wasn't there, so I don't know what they took first place in the other thing, and then they took second place in katas or forms. Excellent. But I don't think we actually went over this in our last interview. I I listened to it recently. What is your sensei's dojo's name? Uh, Cleveland Heights, Taishin Do. Okay. So just so the listeners and viewers will definitely know. So, Stan, as you know, you are the second martial arts dojo owner that we've interviewed. First is Master Nelson, Master Kobe Nelson. Mm -hmm. So, and I would like to ask you to see, you know, what's different or the same concerning his experiences. What has been the hardest part about starting this journey so far? Getting started was the hardest part. We filed for our LLCs and things like a year ago. And we, it took us a while to get in the door of the place they were leasing at. Um, some, it, it was us figuring out all the things that we needed to do and then actually executing. Um, which some of that stuff isn't hard. It's just that both is both of our first time starting a business, and the my business partner is actually significantly younger than me. He is um 
He's 19. He's 20. He's 20. And I, yeah, so it's, he doesn't have any business experience really. And now he's, uh, he's training to become a cop. He's going to the police academy. So that's also a hurdle in the way is scheduling. Uh, um, ever, uh, marketing is also a thing which we have really kind of not done. Uh, I've been working on the logo uh, and kind of taking my time with that, even though I have an idea of what I want it to be. So we, we need a logo. We need um, marketing material, a website, which I have somebody who's going to work on that for us. And that's also one aspect of that I love to also ask any type of entrepreneurial guest and business guest as a whole. What have you learned concerning the business process that you may not have known before or even thought of? Something about the process I haven't thought of before. Um, I'm not a super experienced business person, but I've almost started a couple of different businesses. Which yeah, but so most of it is not stuff I haven't thought of before necessarily. I would say I wasn't really experienced with the insurance aspect of it and like going through completely with that. Um, okay. Yeah, the especially when we got our insurance, we thought it would be like a monthly installment thing and it was more along the lines of a, a flat rate. Which it wasn't that it is not that expensive either in the long run. It, it just wasn't didn't really expect it to be the way it was. Okay, well, that is very very good insight for those who are hoping to do that as well. So, with you deciding, because I'm going to be honest, from both a personal and a professional standpoint, I was very very happy. Stand once I find out that you had opened up your own school because first off I love seeing people do anything that they love but I also love seeing people essentially becoming more entrepreneurial in their life them having you know different sources of income in order to make things more comfortable for them and the people that you love but speaking of the people that you love who has been some of the biggest I would say motivators and motivating factors really of you deciding to do this in your life uh martial arts in general is just something i've always been drawn to growing up watching power rangers and seeing bruce lee stuff i really just like kind of liked martial arts there's no person necessarily close to me in my life that did martial arts that i like grew up with it or admired but those things were big time factors um okay and mm-hmm. as far as far as opening the school itself uh darnell i, I kind of have had different things where at some point i wanted to do it and darnell came to me and he was basically like uh i want i want to start my own place uh part of his his second degree is learning how to teach and being a teacher. And he just wanted to be able to teach his way. And I don't have too much issue with the way he teaches. I support him as a teacher. 
So I was like, basically, yeah, we can we can do this. I think that you are a great teacher and I can be a great supplementary teacher to you as well. I mean, I can be a main teacher as well, but uh, yeah. And so I basically we went through the steps of opening this up. We he has a contact because he's been doing jujitsu and the guy, a guy he does jujitsu with basically had a place where we could lease from. Uh, he is a t- Tai Chi teacher. His place is his martial artist called Green Dragon Tai Chi. Cleveland being the small city, I met him before in my life. So even though I don't know him closely, I already kind of knew the guy. I'm happy everything turned out as well as it has so far. And I know it's going to be better in the future. But overall, how long have you been teaching as a whole? I mean, technically, I've been teaching since I was a green belt. Um, I'm not exactly sure when I got my green belt. I've been a black belt for about four or five years, first degree. For us, second degree is your teaching degree. I think third degree is actually sensei. If I if, if I looked that up and was to be 100% accurate about it. But I've been teaching since around Greenbelt. But I also went into uh, my school with like a, not necessarily a martial arts background, but a fighting background. It's already, I, I like read a lot of books about martial arts and you you can learn martial arts that way honestly especially if you're like super into kata if kata is just forms if you do your form based off of the pictures then then that is the form though i'm not necessarily a form person uh and it's just trial and error all martial arts grew from people learning how what works and what doesn't so that that was my my background was originally like looking at things, looking at people, being inspired by them, practicing it, sparring with other people, seeing what worked, what didn't. And then I went into when I was like 19, I started karate. Yeah. Would you say you've gotten pushback from different people that you know or may not even know? in the martial arts community concerning your methods and your philosophical beliefs on practicality because i've heard you know many times of you talked about practical aspects of martial arts and and how certain things people may do or may believe aren't the most practical so everything has its place everything uh martial arts wise everything has a time a place and a reason as far as some of the things that aren't necessarily practical in traditional martial arts, I don't, I wouldn't speak out against practicing them because they are still great exercise. They're excellent exercise. They're awesome exercise. In fact, um, and they'll help you be more flexible. They'll help reduce injury. And then you should, but you should also practice separately practical application. You should practice if you do kata, you should practice bunkai, which is the meaning of the kata. You should learn the reason why and what and where. And I don't I have I'm not gonna complain about how anybody else teaches or what anybody else does. I have whatever outside of the people who are teaching make believe and teaching 
energy throwing or whatever and like can get in like they get people hurt they get people out here thinking they can defend themselves and they get people those are the only people i have to say anything against but the way you want to teach and the way you want to focus on some places don't even care about the martial or the combat aspect of martial arts in china the most common version of tai chi is for exercise like it's not taught the version of tai chi for fighting is not taught that commonly so and it's because it, martial arts is seen as something to to prolong your life fighting could prolong your life but also just exercise every day can so it all everything has its purpose if somebody only knows how to flip spin twist they're, they're a tricker that's cool some people can't do that that's still a discipline if some people can't if some people just fight and they're not good at kata or whatever else have you, I'm cool with that too. That has a discipline. There is a strength in that. It's just that find your lane and be great at that and be disciplined. Um, as far as some moves are concerned, people show certain types of movements or certain things. And some people will be like, well, I would do this if you did that. And it's like, that's cool. But this specific move is used at a certain time. Every move isn't always applicable. And with the way you learn it, it may look like this is a terrible move always, but you would only do it at a, in like retaliation to certain things or in certain circumstances. Fighting is circumstantial. I always like hearing your interpretation and your explanation when it comes to things of that nature. And I would say even from people listening, they would like it. Because I know martial arts is something that a lot of people will necessarily, they may be hesitant because they don't they know uh, what school to go into or they may not know when they should actually start. But you giving that perspective is a big help for people who are just getting into that world, so to say. But not just when it comes to your teaching, but also when it comes to your other form of employment concerning your stunt work. As you know, everything has been going on with the different writers and actors guild strikes. Yes. And it, I part of the reason also I want to have you on the show is to have you talk about that since you're one of the stunt people that we've had on the show. What is your opinion in perspective? Bruh, I, I don't know what I can say without getting in trouble. <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> um, my perspective, I think uh, people, people should be paid fairly. I, I think I think that is that. I think my real perspective, okay, so my perspective on it is this. I think there are a lot of people outside of the, the work of the movie industry that have a lot to say about the movie industry that don't know anything about the movie industry i've i've been seeing tons and i this like you shouldn't look at comments but i like to look at comments because they're entertaining sometimes it can be funny there are a lot of people who just have a lot to say that don't know like head from tails about what's actually going on there are people who are like these actors don't need more money and it's like that's cool but even though the millionaire actors are on strike, they're technically on strike for people who aren't millionaires. They're on strike for the people at the bottom. The uh, grips don't get paid well. There's outside of just the actors, there are people all the way up and down who work on the movies. They, they, every, like when you look at the ending credits, 
all of those people make money off of the movie and like everybody's not getting paid well everybody's not making a million dollars everybody's not walking away from a project making a million and like every actor is not and i see people saying well those actors should just like realize that they like bottom out or something like that you're like you're a loser and it's like that's wild to even think about because one you buy movies you pay to watch these movies i know you watch movies you watch tv um without filler actors without smaller level actors a lot of this stuff just like loses a lot of its organicness um they're trying to replace us with ai and that's trash um ooh, they're really trying to do the uh the extras dirty as well like real bad um yeah, uh, the concept of residual checks is not something a lot of people understand or get. They don't think that like it's something people should get. The people who don't understand it, like I saw a guy saying that he's a plumber. Should he get paid every time somebody flushes a toilet? And you would have a hard time having somebody pay you uh, royalties for every time they flush your toilet. That being said. There is something called a sewage fee that people who have toilets and tubs and sinks pay, which technically that is that is that. And that goes not to the to the plumber, but to a different entity. Um, Every time your image, every time like certain sales are made. Yeah, people get royalties. People get cuts of checks. That's just how contracts are written up. And sometimes they're written up where people make next to nothing off of that. Uh, Especially and specifically with streaming. And streaming companies are doing all kinds of extra stuff that makes it even harder for people to get paid. It, uh, my thing is, is like, I don't go to other people's jobs when they're asking for a raise and say they don't deserve a raise. I don't go to other people's jobs when they are saying they deserve these amenities and say you don't deserve that. And it's wild to me in this society at all when people do that. Or if people go, well, why should this person make that much if I do this and I only make this? Well, instead of hating on this person getting paid better, why don't you ask your job for you to be paid better? Hmm. And one last tidbit on that. A lot of people say when the lowest people on the totem pole get paid better, um, the cost of living goes up. That is true, but only because super rich people are protecting their bottom line that they don't have to have. It is not hurting them to make 50 cents less. It's not hurting them to make 100 or 200 or $1,000 less to pay everybody else a little bit more. They don't want to take that little bit of cut that tiny bit of hit that would barely affect their their way of living so that other people can live better in turn rich people poor people fight on behalf of rich people because they think that the cost of living is going to be hit but in reality it's not because poor it's is a the cost inflation is artificial in a way that people don't necessarily grasp when i always always compare the flow of money to the flow of water you can't say that these few people 
who have water now or more water now are the ones who are hoarding the water when there's literally a dam filled with millions and millions of gallons of water that nobody has access to except for a few people. Wow. Very well said. That is a lot to pack from. But you had mentioned two things that had, I would guess, sparked art out to me in terms of my attention. You, you said one concerning the exodus. Again, what I'm about to say, I there are several different sources I've seen say this, and I can't substantiate it, but one of the issues that that came up concerning the extras, and correct me if I'm wrong, or you may have heard something different, they were basically saying that they were only going to pay the extras like $100 or so to use their likeness for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Is yeah. that correct? <laughs> that, that from what I saw, that that's what it sounds like. I can't 100% say that is true but for the, I, I probably saw similar sources as you and that is what it sounded like um i do get emails from sag and like i've been trying to look at some of that stuff and some of it i haven't been like going completely through but that did i think that was something that they were talking about is like they were going to download their images pay them for a full days of work one full day of work and then have the rights to their images forever which is wild to think about that's like you get no residuals you get no royalties off of how you look you could be they have the rights to your so they could use you for whatever you could be doing whatever wild stuff as far as as far as your contract or whatever you don't even know and i mean the contract could even have clauses in it where it changes down the line like 50 years down the line they can have you doing wild stuff or whatever else have you they it could be degrading to you and you wouldn't even know and to think that, like, because uh, as far as I'm concerned, because of human society, the society we're in now, there are definitely people who would take that offer. I don't think the majority mm-hmm. of people and everybody would, but there are people who would take that offer. That's that's sad because especially I know for blacks in the entertainment industry, I know it's already hard to get any type of footholding, but I can't imagine you being put into a situation where you would have to take that offer, which I hope that never becomes the case, but I'm glad that at least this strike is trying to go against things like that. But the second thing you brought up is concerning your residuals, because a lot of people do not understand the concept of that, like you said. And, you know, Jason Weaver, professional actor, singer, you know, he was the original singing and overall talking voice for Simba in the original Lion King film. Jason Weaver. Oh, yeah, he made a lot. Yeah. Right, because they had offered him and his mother $2 million flat rate back in the mid-90s to voice Simba and to do the singing. His mother turned it down because she figured out if they're offering him $2 million just for what people may have considered a B-movie at the time, which the Lion King was considered a B-movie before it came out, then they must really think that this is going to do great. It did, and and he chose the residuals, and like he says, he's made well over $2 million from his residual checks. So mm. it, the, the fact of which I support anything that helps anyone, but in particular, I support anything that helps Black workers of any regard, be it actors, voice actors, writers, 
cinematographer stunt people, hey, even the actor's assistant who goes to get Panda Express because P.M. Chains isn't open for an actor. I support them being successful and get whatever money they get for their hard work. So in your opinion, Stan, concerning that, what do you think should be the case going forward for residuals? Let's say not for a specific project, but how do you think residuals should be negotiated for most projects that is done through Hollywood? Uh, that's not something I'm comfortable saying. Mostly, okay. because, mo- mostly because I don't know the complete ins and outs of contract and pay. If I, if I understood okay. contract and pay on a lawyer level or on a higher actor level, that's something I could say. I just know um, somebody, I just understand that if somebody who is a principal of like a number one best-selling project and they have like 30 lines on their residual check, that, that that's like 30 individual payouts or whatever, they shouldn't have like less than 23 cents or something like that. They, there were a lot of different actors and actresses showing their residual checks and they they were like coming out with nothing, which luckily, um, I don't I haven't necessarily had that experience, but I know different um, companies are slightly different with how they they pay, and like it also depends on what you're getting paid for on certain things. So I, I it didn't read my last couple checks and. I don't know if they were streaming or if they were uh, cable or if they were, but like different things pay out differently. And like, so this is this, the strike is specifically very much so about streaming. Right. I'm glad that I have your perspective on this, but would you overall say, how do you think, it's going to probably go on for quite a bit longer, but what do you think would be a good outcome for this strike and protest overall? Uh, a, a generic answer. Everybody gets paid. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, yeah. <laughs> and this is also part of the reason why I'm, like I said again, why I'm glad that not just you, but everyone who I know in my life to a certain extent has gone and, you know, even people that we've interviewed have gone to put their eggs in so many different baskets. Since the COVID era has started, it has really showcased people the flailty when it comes to how different industries and how faint those industries are when it comes to placing a foothold in the zeitgeist of overall economics. So I'm glad that, you know, especially with your school and teaching and everything and that you have other ways to continuously prosper throughout life. But my final question for you, Stan, would be, where do you see your dojo in five years? Uh, in five years, hopefully in our own building. Um, that that's That's the ideal. That's the goal. Actually... I like what the guy is doing now who has the building we're in. He's renting out to multiple schools. That is my goal is to rent out to multiple schools. I also do Capoeira. I want to be able to rent space to 
my friends who teach Capoeira. I want to be able to rent space to other instructors and teachers. And I, I want to help people who are truly genuine about doing martial arts, but may not be able to afford it. I want to help bring martial arts to them as well. Excellent. Thank you for that. And I know everyone, especially your future students, would be very, very grateful for that. But, Sensei, Rex, do you have any questions for us, any questions for viewers slash listeners, or do you have anything you would like to just say to us or the viewers slash listeners? And, uh, th- thanks for listening. If you listen in, um, you're never too old to do martial arts. I've had students who were like 80. Um, yeah. And like just doing it. People, I've seen people who weren't physically fit that like were slowly getting better. I had a guy who could not do a kick. He could barely get his foot off the ground and then he was able to kick up waist high. It, this isn't something you have to be good at going into. It's something you get better at as you practice it. As long as you have a good teacher and a, a that who's disciplined and calm and you're disciplined and calm, you can grow at it. it, it martial arts is for everybody. It'll help you uh, become healthy. It'll help you be confident. It'll help you... Uh, learn skills if you want them and maybe you some martial arts aren't for everybody and some i know people who are like uh, capoeira isn't for them because it's too acrobatic but i know older people and bigger people who do it and get better at it and like they can do cartwheels and they weren't able to they can do all other kinds of movements and like not saying trying to sell anybody on capoeira i'm just saying like i've seen improvement Anything you can find one that fits you and you're more comfortable with, or you can grow with it. Uh, if you want something lower impact, that's that, but like high energy, you do jujitsu. Just I think martial arts is important, like everybody should learn it. Thank you for that, and, and I know that's going to resonate with many, many people. But just before I forget, <laughs> Sensei Apato, where could they follow you? Where could they follow your school and you, the the social media handles and everything of that nature? Whew. Uh, this is one of the aspects I need to be more professional. At. I gotta have all this stuff. North Star TSD Karate on I on Instagram. I'm gonna make a Facebook. We don't currently have one. This should be North Star Karate. Um. Those are only places right now. If you, if anybody wants to follow me, I'm a Pato Rex on Instagram. Uh, if you want to support my my um stunt page, is Stan Van P or Stan Van Pelt, and that's that's really all I got right now as far as those things. And I, as moving forward, we'll have a website and other things we're getting everything tightened up and under control excellent well for those who are going to see the youtube version including for all of those things to be in the description it as always it will also be in the video version going through while we're talking if you will everyone again please follow him on all of his social media handles and things of that nature if you're interested in learning about 
his work and or his dojo and things that he'll be doing. As always, once this interview is edited and finished, it will be on all of our streaming and download platforms, and it will be on YouTube soon after that. But again, thank you, Stan. Very appreciate the second interview. Again, it's always an honor to have you. I know everyone else is going to be very, very happy to hear this as well. But if that is all, everyone, thank you for listening. Doc and Sensei Apolto Rex signing out. I see you.